Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 19, 2020. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. Hey, everyone. Hey, B-Rad. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, man, just happy to record with you today. Me too, man. Um, it's good to be back on a Wednesday, too. Yeah, it's been a while. All right, man. Were you ready to get into it? Always. Let's get it. Let's get it, baby. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. So we're getting set up for the show, and B-Red says that we just got a tweet, uh, I guess, to the show. What, what just happened, B-Red? Yeah, this, what's up? This cracked what's... me up so bad. <laughs> what's up, Gerald? What's up, Gerald? Someone's got a new bio. Lil G. Lil G. Someone's no longer 28 or athletic <laughs> or out of DFW, I heard. 6'1", <laughs> likes long walks on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gerald hit us up. Uh, he wasn't too happy with our remarks uh, in the last podcast. <laughs> Me saying that I had destroyed him in ping pong. He thinks that I embellished that a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to stand my ground. And I'll take you out next time too, buddy. Oh, double down, baby. Double That's right. down. That's right. Let's split some, those aces. Yeah, let's put some money on it. And then see. let's see how the, the score winds up. Man, that is so funny. So we're literally like, this is all real time. So what, what does he tweet us like five minutes before the show starts? Yep. And uh, will you read the tweet? <laughs> yep. This is the, the biggest news of my week. So <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, but really, no, I just feel like I'm I've only worked for the last little while. And I just don't have anything other other than that to add. So I don't want to talk about that. But um what oh you're look showing at his, me look at his bio he updated it oh reserve for c gibbons what <laughs> i love how he doesn't even know that we're like recording and watching him do this real time so what did he tweet shout out gerald he goes um <laughs> oh my goodness just read it the tweet before that is so funny nothing like today to remind you how single you really are lol oh and that it's valentine's the, day yeah, it was Valentine's Day, but it's the actor from Narcos, and he's just sitting alone on like park benches and at construction sites and on a swing. This is hilarious. Okay, so Gerald, 14 minutes ago, <laughs> finally finished episode 18 of Weekly Catch-Up Pod, and I appreciate the shout-out. But first off, Carson C. Gibbons, you... Uh, you dude... <laughs> there's a profanity. You... Uh, Male member LMAO. Look at my bio now. And humble Brad, you did not destroy me, quotation marks, at ping pong, buddy. You did win more. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I have three witnesses. Um, <laughs> so I was making fun of uh, our friend Gerald last week because I'd gone to his Twitter bio and just, you know, said, this isn't Bumble or Grinder, bro. <laughs> like, because um, it was basically. It was like his measurements. It was like 25, 36, 20. So anyway, 
Um, it was, I think his bio on Twitter was something to the effect of like 28 DFW. I think I threw in like <laughs> yeah, the body type. I think you added I think a little. I might a little have bit. embellished that part. Um, you know, <laughs> as w- we do, wouldn't be the first time. But anyway, uh, so now, now his bio is, uh, oh, it's a middle finger. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. I thought he was pointing to his avatar like, I'm reserved for Carson Gibbons, but it no, no, turns no. out he's, he's saying that me, middle fingers for you. Oh, uh, middle finger emoji reserved for C Gibbons. <laughs> oh, that's great. We wow. love you, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for all the engagement, brah. That's cool beans, man. All right. So be rad. I know I came with a whole thing of show notes last time. Yeah. I don't got nothing today. So well, lead us off, baby. Well, you're holding on to my phone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right um well first of all how was how was your weekend you know or your week in between our last recording uh it's just been action-packed man been yeah. a lot of been a lot of work um i went on a night getaway to the omni mandalay over the weekend um with ellen and we really were highly disappointed by that experience <laughs> for whatever reason i guess we were under the impression that you know, the the resort type hotels that you could go to in town, near town, were pretty much limited to like the Four Seasons and I'm trying to think about what else. Like the Four Seasons, we thought the Omni Mandalay in Las Colinas right there on the canal because I'd been to brunch there before on like a holiday. Uh, the only time I'd ever been to this hotel historically was a Thanksgiving where my extended family got together for brunch at... Uh, the Omni Mandalay. They were doing a holiday brunch that day. And I'll just never forget, like driving up to it is, I I don't want to say semi-impressive. It's fine. Nice big, you know, moon driveway like you would expect at uh, a nice hotel or um, kind of extended stay vacation resort of sorts. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that uh, coming in, I walked past Jim Nance and Phil Sims. They were going mm-hmm. to call the Thanksgiving Day game that day. And so I just, my only experience, which was very limited, we were there for maybe an hour, was just, you know, cool brunch, holiday, it's a resort, Jim Nance is staying there. Like, I'd looked it up and they had spa and like, they'd claimed that they'd had hot tub, pool, sauna, uh, 24-hour room service. Like, it looked like the real deal. Yeah. And just getting there, it was just, man, it was super disappointing. Oh. <laughs> so. Sorry to hear uh, that. They had like ripped up the majority of the canal that was right behind the hotel. So you couldn't access anything like you could pretty much only walk around the hotel to get to the canal and have access to a portion of like the walkway there, which I thought in my head that little canal was lined with like little lit shops and eateries. And no, like you pretty much look across the lake and there's a Gordon Biersch in the middle of an apartment complex. Oh, and I'm sorry, not Gordon Biersch, um, Ginger Man. Okay. And so there was nothing popping out there. It was not the destination. There was an urban church uh, marriage getaway occurring in the hotel at the same time. Um, so it, it was it, all of that. And then we walked past all the restaurants, which there was two. And one of them was pretty much just kind of a ghetto pool hall. Um they were not impressive. Uh, the menu was not impressive. The clientele was not impressive. Um, it, it was. It felt like we were at uh, what Hurricane Harbor or something. Ooh. Like that was the level of 
person that was kind of walking around this hotel all night was, you know, somebody that you would encounter at NRH2O or, <laughs> you know, whatever your favorite water park is that you've never been, that you haven't been to in 10 years. Yeah. Because they ratchet. Um, <laughs> no so, shade. So bad restaurants, um, the the room was not what what was expected or booked. There was no hot tub. There was no sauna. The spa was detached from the hotel. You had to walk down the abandoned portion of the canal to get there. Jeez. I mean, and, and honestly, room service was bomb. Uh, that's the only reason that we go do this kind of thing is, you know, I love room service. Yeah. I just love room service. It's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Turn down service, room service. Like I love staying at like really nice hotels. And unfortunately, I think we both agreed on this too. Um, we're just so spoiled after our, our family trip to the Broadmoor this last fall that like, I don't think that there's only probably three or four, I think, destination locations in the United States that are on par with like what the Broadmoor has to offer, yeah. which is you know, uh, it, it's beyond hotel. It's beyond resort. Like they've built their own portion of the mountain. They have outpost camps. There's like, there's, they have their own chapel where you can get married. Like, um, that they, they have probably, probably 10 main hotel buildings. And then you can also rent cottages. It's like a, it's like its own master community. And yeah. the most impressed, the single most impressive thing I've ever seen. Uh, it was, probably the most relaxing, enjoyable vacation I've ever been on out of all the things that I've done just because it was so lap of luxury. And uh, I mean, pools, hot tubs, outings, events, like you're not right next to Garden of the Gods and segways and horses and whitewater rafting. And then within the establishment, there's like, you know, 20 different restaurants, all of differing levels, like some you have to have a jacket to get into, for instance. Mm -hmm. And they have library bars and actual libraries and um, live music. And it's hard to even encapsulate what all occurs there. But I remember my sister's boyfriend, Brian, and I, we both uniquely came to the family and said, this, this blows away the most bougie experience that I've had up until this point in my life, which for both of us, I feel like, was the Biltmore in Coral Gables, Florida, right next to Miami. Okay. Coral Gables is like Miami's Highland Park or whatever. And they have this uh, this hotel called the Biltmore out there that I'd stayed at when I went on. I was on a photo shoot for a client in Miami uh, back in my B-Hatch days. And that was the greatest thing up until the Broadmoor. And then, I mean, I'll never go back to Coral Gables. <laughs> not, not, not for that per se. So apparently there's uh, two or three of these types of places in the United States. One of them is also in West Virginia. I think it's called the Greenbrier. Uh, Phil Mickelson just bought a, a property and a house out there. So it, it's just crazy, these these different establishments. But I think that really spoiled us. And so all the shade to Omni Mandalay. It's not a resort. It's not a luxury hotel. It doesn't have a whole lot to offer. Like, don't go. This podcast is not sponsored by. Brought to you by La Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the Omni Mon Mandalay. <laughs> oh, yeah, brought to you by Nights Inn. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Hotel Tonight, where we lie to get you into rooms that are subpar to the pictures. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually got level five on Hotel Tonight as a result of that booking, but uh, was just really frustrated by that. Uh, the room service was bomb. Great experience there. Otherwise, 
I was just flabbergasted. It was nothing like what I had expected. Oh, man. Sorry I asked. So that, that's that been it. Actually, I got to play golf on Saturday, which is like now a huge deal to me. Okay. Um, I got out there and I actually played with a, a married couple. Um, I It was kind of cool because they're all coupley. It was Valentine's Day weekend, I guess. And so they were um, – I guess they'd come down. They used to live down here and uh, they started their romance down here. But now they live in Richardson. And so I guess he has daughters by a former marriage. And so uh, they had – the daughters had stayed home in Richardson and the couple had come down and like rented an Airbnb in the uptown area. And they were just going back and revisiting all their old haunts and golfing was one of them. And they actually, uh, they were pretty great. And I got to play with my AirPods in, let them do their thing a little bit more, which was awesome. And they were both really good. So I really enjoyed that. Um, there was something I was going to tell you about that. Oh, so the guy, while we're playing at one point, I take an AirPod out and he tells me that they're shutting down my favorite golf course, <laughs> like the one that I always go to that I can walk for 12 bucks, Tennyson Glen. Apparently they're retaining the Highlands, but have you heard any about this uh, drama or controversy over uh, Reverchon Park in no, Dallas? No, I've not. So recently uh, the park right over here off Oak Lawn actually um it's historically it, it used to be known for kind of being the um uh the lgbt hookup type spot back in the day and the neighborhood has grown up around it um but it's where i voted before um they have like a community center there and a park and all this different stuff um well basically they had voted to commercialize that and let some private company or somebody take it over and it had been a really controversial like city council vote that happened in the last couple of months. What I did not know was that tied to that were other parks, including the publicly funded or the municipal course that is Tennyson Glen, which is what I play at off Dolphin and 30 all the time. It was my go-to. Like I walk in and they go, what's up, Carson? Like you walk in today? I, that, I've, I've earned their loyalty card three times and you have nice. to play 10 rounds to get one. So I've played a lot of golf there. Yeah. And so this guy is breaking the news to me for the first time that, yeah, they're just going to bulldoze it. It's no longer going to be available. So uh rough week. <laughs> Sorry. Am I coming across that way? <laughs> I'm just going to keep rambling until you like start hosting. Cause... All right. So uh, my week, it's just work and disappointment, <laughs> taxes and death folks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to Love Month. <laughs> oh man, I just I don't like the winter. I don't like this weird, you know, rain that we've been having where it's like 38 degrees in the morning but then it's like 74 by afternoon and yeah. you're sweating and then you're chilled. <laughs> yeah, it's obnoxious, man. So, what's up, dude? Um, let's see. Yeah, I went and <laughs> You have a list of notes and you're like, um, no, 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 but I don't have anything about my week. I just have certain stuff that's going on. Well, but... nobody asked you about your week. <laughs> hey. Well, how was your week? Yeah. What'd you do? You Thanks. taught? Thanks, champ. Did you teach school Thursday, Friday? Of course. Of course. What'd you do Saturday? Um, Saturday, I spent time with Courtney. Word. Um, I'm sorry? I said word. Word. And then Sunday, um, I went to the gym with my dad. I, I I was wondering if that was what was going on. I saw a snap Snapchat or Instagram or something. Instagram, um, but yeah, I invited him to come work out with me, and so that was a fun experience. Uh, he did a good job as far as working out, so I'm not going to rib him as far as that goes. But 
Um, his, is that, his, is that his, an, a normal occurrence or something? No, we don't. We haven't gone to the gym together in a few years, I don't think. Um, but what was humorous to me were, his, you know, he brought his AirPods and, and was listening to his pump up music. And just his musical choices were uh, were pretty funny to me. So I'm sitting in the sauna, and I'm, I'm asking him what he's listening to. And to get himself hyped up, he's listening to "We Are the World." <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson and um, Dean. Dean, you know we can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. We can't support that. <laughs> yeah, Dean. But, but can't be listening to Michael Jackson in the sauna with your son. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um he yeah he was also listening to uh beastie boys and the fat boys all right some some old school hip-hop but whenever we were leaving the gym he turns off his bluetooth headphones <laughs> and uptown girl is playing <laughs> so, uptown girl <laughs> she's been living in an uptown world hey whatever gets you to that next rep hey so i'm with dean on that one i loved (laughs) billy joel growing up i love river of dreams i love uptown girl i love piano man i Uh, love that vienna man vienna's vienna's my song i love that sagan one where he's and we will all go down (laughs) together that's one of my favorites um i love billy joel yeah he's great but it just struck me as humorous because it's not uh music that you would consider used in the gym nah nah i would just think so just cardio hip-hop playlist yeah man i came across a gym this week that i wanted to see if you've listened to yeah yeah all Um, right let me pull it up real quick while you're pulling that up the weekend dropped a new song for his upcoming album um and it was it's like a five minute song it's called after hours it's really good if you're into that R&B, like low kind of late night drive type of music. Mm. Very good. I, I love me some weekend yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's back. Um, the sad king is back. Did he recently purchase a big house or do something with real estate? I had heard something about, I think it was on Rogan or somebody was talking about how the weekend had purchased something. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't hear that. So the, the song that I was referencing is called... Bag of Beach featuring I Am Sue by Smoothie Baby. I don't know what any of those words mean, so, <laughs> <laughs> but that I'm Man, excited. We're going to play it after the podcast. Um, I don't want to get demonetized because you know that the weekly catch-up podcast is brought to you by MeUndies, MeUndies.com. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, for Valentine's Day, one of my gifts from Courtney, uh, she got me some Shinesty, which I which is kind of like... Shinesty? Yeah. that? Uh, it's, it's boxers kind of like, um, me undies has, you know, where it has the little carriage for your manhood and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? it was Shinesty. comfy. I'm thinking about this word in a completely different way now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it's comfy underwear. And let me tell you, I was walking on cloud nine. <laughs> okay. Were you chafing before buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the old, the old Navy boxers has kind of run their course. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny how women always buy us new briefs because, like, you know, we'll run holes in them (laughs) and they'll be our favorite pair. And then you're just walking past sometime and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not going to (laughs) work. I feel like I've been bought 
all of my underwear for the past like 15 years. <laughs> I don't feel like I've ever bought myself underwear. <laughs> hey, that's good, man. It's like my my gal pals will coordinate with my sister or my mom or whoever to like <laughs> I, I clearly remembered like Grizz orchestrating like buying new clothes <laughs> with either my mother or my girlfriend at the time or whoever it was yeah if you're one of my friends listening to this like what are you doing come on y'all need to start coordinating they're just updating their twitter bios to appear <laughs> less less in search of something mm. on uh on twitter yeah um all right let's uh talk about some of the happenings in the world um the dunk contest over the weekend or did you watch any of the did you keep up with any of the all-star stuff going on sure didn't all right. I remember seeing something about it and I was like, is it basketball season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the biggest uh, arguments going on was the winners of the or the winner of the dunk contest. But first, I want to talk about the rapper Common. Ooh, um, fun fact. That was my first that was my first uh, rap concert that I ever went to. Really? And I found out about it late. I was probably... I was probably 16, 17, something like that. And I remember seeing that he was going to be at the House of Blues the next day and not being able to like scrounge up a friend last minute. I, I don't even know if I was living in Dallas at the time. It might have been like first year of college. I don't really remember. But I went to it alone and just vibed out because at that time his song B was yeah. everything and still is. I heard it the other day and it just took me back to a different place. And I was like, that dude is so thoughtful. He is so good looking. His voice is so butter. Yeah. Like, I have a big man crush on Common. Great rapper. Um, but he announced uh, every player that was on the All-Star, te All-Star team through rap. Um, so he basically... It was... It kind of reminded me what of What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say that I was capable of writing these lyrics. Like they oh. weren't, I don't know. It was a little too like cheesy for me. Like I'm a cheesy person. So it just kind of reminded me like, oh man, like that's something I could have got paid to do. Um, but uh, I'll just read off two examples. So one of them was one of the lines from his rap was, think you can shake this first time all-star? Au contraire, mon frere. From the Utah Jazz, the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert. Hmm. And then this next yeah. one. What yeah. shoddy work. Yeah. From the next one. From the defending champion, Toronto Raptors, and you know they did it proudly, six-time All-Star and floor commander, Kyle Lowry. Okay. Yeah. Is this like spoken, this spoken went, words type stuff? It, it was like a... Like, uh... No, a little bit more hip hop vibe than like spoken word poetry. Um, w was there music behind him? Is what I'm asking. Yeah. Or was it okay? Um, yeah, that's weak then. But yeah. that's such a time stretch. They just have to make a whole Dude, weekend but out this, of all that. This went on for every player. Like it, it wasn't just like a 30 second thing. Like it kept going, and so that was uh, that was lackluster. Um, Derek Jones Jr. won the NBA Slam dunk contest. Um, he's from the Miami Heat. However, Aaron Gordon was, seemed to be the fan favorite. Uh, he plays for the Magic. 
And this is the second time he's kind of been screwed over in the dunk contest. Uh, back in 2016, he lost to Zach Levine. Um, but he, yeah. He, <laughs> Wait, who lost to who? <laughs> sorry, uh, Aaron Gordon lost to Zach Levine. Zach Levine does not <laughs> sound like a basketball player name. <laughs> It sounds like somebody that's about to go to Skyler's house for pancakes with Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> Wyatt couldn't make it today. Yeah. <laughs> He's cleaning his other Maserati. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? I don't know about any of these people. The one thing I will say, uh, keep going, I guess. Aaron, no, Aaron Gordon was a beast. And even if you're not a basketball fan, like you can definitely respect uh, all the dunks. I would look up the highlights uh, if you're if you're into cool stuff like that. They were... They were really impressive. Um, he, yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, he should have won as well, and he got screwed over again. But what were you going to say? No, just that I think I was going to take it a little bit higher level, just that I don't know any of these people. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all good, and I'm glad that you're into it. The one thing that I will say for – hold on. I'm getting a frog in my throat. That's all right. While you're taking a sip of water um, – he did a dunk over um, Taco Taco Fall, um, who plays for the Celtics, and Taco is seven five. He did have to dunk a little, oh, but snap, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he did a dunk over this dude, and Taco like ducked a little, but man, it was still impressive. And just that with all of the other dunks that he had done, that he should have won. Well, shout out to him. Yeah, but Sorry what were that. you saying before? Just that the NBA is one of the few leagues that's done a great job of continuing to make like the all-star festivities relevant in yeah. some way because like NFL, I don't think anybody cares about any of that. And they yeah. even moved the, the Pro Bowl used, used to be after the Super Bowl. Right. And now they've moved it to the week before in an effort to like get more of our attention. And I think that I prefer the actual like drills and the different games that they play, like, you know, throw the ball through the hole at 40 mm -hmm. yards while this thing is coming out and blah, blah, blah. Like all the QB comparison yeah. uh, drills and all that. That stuff is fun to watch on like YouTube, but in terms of the actual game, like I couldn't care less. Right. MLB actually MLB, it mattered because something to do with home field advantage, right? Within the home, uh, the world series. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and then NHL, does it matter anything in the NHL? I couldn't tell you. What about NBA? Is are there any real marbles at stake? No, that and that's that's been um, that's been kind of the the disappointment with fans. However, a lot. I mean, it just seemed like everybody was actually trying this All Star game. I don't know if it had to do with Kobe's death and everybody was just kind of elevated to perform. Um, but they actually even changed up the rules this year to where you had to score 124 points, which I thought was a cool tribute to Kobe. Um, so wherever you were at the third quarter, you know, the game stopped once the team, once the whichever team hit 124 first. Um, I thought that was cool. But yeah, a lot of typically in the All Star game, you do not see a lot of defense at all. Like nobody's trying to get back or get injured for a game that doesn't matter. Um, but there was a lot going on. Uh, Common got stuffed, and like the ball went into the crowd. Uh, Quavo stuffed him, the rapper for the, was celebrity, this the game. celebrity game. That was okay. the celebrity game. I was like, but, yeah, sorry. Common was suited up. I got too excited to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> You're like Quavo, yeah. then came out and Yellow Beezy got on top of him, and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, but um, everybody. Luca did awesome. Um, oh yeah, he was like 
the only he was only the third Maverick to ever start in the yeah. uh, the All Star game. Yeah, and he's a rookie. Nice. Um, yeah, he made a cool halftime shot. Um, nice. Yeah, it was a fun fun time. Well, that that's the testament to the NBA in that. Um, and I have a theory about it a little bit. I'll run by you. Um, but the fact that it doesn't mean anything, there's no home court advantage or any uh, playoff advantage or anything that's yeah, factored no, in as a no result stakes. of the uh, All Star game. It is an entertainment and party destination every single year. Like every rapper, every actress or actor, like, you know, people within a a certain level of fame and designation, like they all show up. There's always big parties. There's big hosted promo parties. There's just a whole hoopla. And the only thing I can think of kind of in relation to it is the Super Bowl at a bigger level. Um, Because the problem with like the NBA finals or the MLB, um, World Series, things like that, is that you don't definitively know per se like which is the focal point game. It's it's spread out over a seven game series typically or a five game series, whatever it is. Right. Um. And I guess the All Star Game is like NBA's one big night. You know. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was cool to see all the celebrities. I mean, you know, even the ones that are in the stands. And uh, for me, I personally like the celebrity games more just to kind of see some of our favorite people play. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good time, but that's kind of all I have for the all-star game. Keeping it in sports, I was going to talk about, uh, NASCAR. I don't know if you saw Ryan Newman's accident on the final lap, um, of the Daytona 500. Well, yeah, I'd seen that Trump was there and that his, um, what do they call the big vehicle that he, he goes in? Um, uh, shoot, it's going to bug me. Uh, it did a lap, but then a day later on CNN or mainstream news, I saw that there had been like some sort of horrific accident, I guess. Yeah. So Ryan Newman was racing the Daytona 500. Um, and you know, he smashes up against the wall and swerves and then gets flipped by another car. And if you haven't seen the video clip, you know, it's circulating around, you can check it out. Um, but it looks horrific. Like you, you assume the outcome is not going to be good or, or he's going to be severely injured. And, um, he, he walked out of the hospital today. With, oh yeah. Like, so it's not that serious. No, which okay. <laughs> it just looks, it looks crazy. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was reading just about the safety precautions because typically whenever we think of horrendous car crashes, we think of Dale Earnhardt, um, which the anniversary of his death, I believe was yesterday. Um, and so I was just reading about kind of the safety measurements that they took after that, after his death in 2001. And um, they have this uh, safety measurement called hands device, which is mandated head and neck restraints and safer barriers. And um, they like attach to the driver's helmet to keep them from snapping forward. And then um, they have protection covering their spine. Um, and then obviously the car is more, they, they, they said it's more like a cocoon. And so it eliminates side to side movement and um, like it's no accident that he was kept safe throughout the crash because the uh, NASCAR has really taken it more seriously to keep all the drivers safe, which I thought was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. I'm all about keeping those drivers safe because NASCAR, man. Yep. NASCAR is so boring. (laughs) 
Are you into it? Um, I'm not. And I mean, I like watching the final few laps. I don't. I don't watch it. I know my mom does. Um, you like the Daytona three? <laughs> yeah, I like the Daytona three. Uh, I'll, I'll catch. I'll catch the end of it. But you know, teach their own. But I just thought that was cool that uh, that he's good and everything, and um, that he was able to walk out of there. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Um, I actually was going to go to a, a NASCAR race one time at Texas Motor Speedway with my buddy. Uh, well, I <laughs> we we had a very loving relationship. I called him Bato Ben, and <laughs> he called me Wado Carson. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was one of my favorite buddies. That he actually moved over to New York uh, with his family. Uh, I think NYC or Brooklyn or something. And um, he was going to take me, and I think we had. We had a tra- like a RV that we were going to stay in overnight. Like we had the whole shebang because we were going to go. We were going for everything but the race. Essentially, we were going for the big party, and then last minute we had to cancel. And he built me up so much. He was like, "Dude, this is going to be the most surreal weekend of your life." Yeah. Like he's like, "Nobody, nobody goes as hard as, the, as these NASCAR fans." And like just all of the hoopla surrounding the stadium and all of that is a, a sight to behold. Hmm. Anyway, so sad I missed that, but. At this point in my life, maybe if I'm going for alternative, it's like going to the Rangers game to see the new stadium. Yeah. You know they're going to lose, but you want to see the new stadium. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did you hear about this? Uh, it's already starting with Mayor Pete. Do you remember talking maybe a month or two ago about, I think I'd brought up something to the effect of some people say that homophobia is going to increase. If if Mayor Pete is so prominent in the election, or if he's the yeah. the nominee, mm-hmm. and how antiquated I thought that, like I hadn't even really considered that in some ways. Yeah, that, that's so normalized and chill that who cares? Um, and apparently Rush Limbaugh made some comments that everyone is calling racist. I'm going to read you the transcript real quick. All right. Okay. So Rush, I guess, is on his radio show, and. He was basically saying on Wednesday that Democrats are in a panic because one of their presidential frontrunners is both gay and married to a man. So in italicized text, this is direct quote from Rush Limbaugh. He goes, they're looking at Mayor Pete, 37-year-old gay guy, mayor of South Bend, loves to kiss his husband on the debate stage. And they're saying, okay, how's this going to look? 37-year-old gay guy kissing his husband on stage next to Mr. Man Donald Trump. What's going to happen there? And they got to be looking at that and they've got to be saying that despite all the great progress and despite all the great wokeness and despite all the great ground that's been covered, America's still not ready to elect a gay guy kissing his husband on the debate stage president. They have to be saying this, don't they? Uh, that's not that's not so conclusive. That's like the thing where uh, Bernie and Elizabeth, where she had said that a, he said that a woman couldn't yeah. be president. And it's like, well, maybe he said that in the context of like, hey, in this election cycle, whether it was 2012 or 2016, mm-hmm. I don't think right. a woman is a viable alternative that is actually electable. Like there's a difference in stating your opinion and like stating data on how antiquated some of the population still is, yeah. you know, and some of them, you know, I feel like we hail from that, dude. Like that's that's kind of the weird moment for me is that. I try to come across as progressive and woke and all this stuff on this pod or whatever. And the truth is I live in the neighborhood. I have so many gay friends. Like I really investigated like 
I had some friends at my first job. I was the only straight guy at my first job. And it was a very educational time for me in that these people became like really tight friends of mine. And we would have really open, blunt conversations about like the differences in our lifestyles and different things like that, because there was more that united us than kept us apart. Yeah. So for instance, my, the, 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 what was her, she was a sales and recruiting coordinator at the time, Janu. Shout out Janu. She's, I went to her, the only Indian wedding I've ever been to. The single greatest weekend of my life was Janu and Kalyan's wedding. And she is so cool. She's, she DM me on Instagram the other day. She, they're moving back from NYC to Dallas. So hopefully we'll all get to hang out soon. Nice. But she would, she was raised conservative Hindu and it was a totally different ball game. Obviously I was raised seventh day Adventist. I'm a straight wasp male. And then uh, one of our buddies, Jordan, um, he was raised in Beaumont, uh, down South Texas to a pretty conservative Baptist family. Like he graduated from Baylor and he and his sister are like, you know, just little mini me's of Meredith and me, you know, like we have the exact same fabric, but he's gay. And so we would sit there and Jordan and I would have the shared connection of like the Judeo Christian ethical upbringing. Right. And then John New would have more of the. Um, the straight person um, that we shared that we shared our, 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 our uh, orientation, I guess you could say. And we would all ask each other really probing questions about, so what's it like? Like, I'll be honest with you. Like she would, well, I shouldn't attribute this to anybody. I've probably already said more than I should, but she would ask questions like, how do two men have sex with each other? Like, what are the preferences? Do you play the same role each time? Like, we really got into it and I learned, first of all, of course, you're born that way, 100%. Like, you agree with that, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank God. I thought this was about to become a really good podcast <laughs> if we disagreed. <laughs> um, anyway, what was my whole point in saying that? Oh, just Rush Limbaugh and like, yeah. I, I think that they took an excerpt, of course. I think that if I listened to the full transcript, I might... I might not be as hard on him. I, I got to think that he knows the amount of scrutiny that he's under and what a platform he has. And that I, I can't imagine that rush is bigoted towards, towards gay people in his personal life. Like that's the hard part with some of these right wing media types is that it's like when, the, when they switch off the on air signal, are you just chill like the rest of us? Cause like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I know, right wing or uh tommy lauren oh uh, yeah and I, i've heard her talk on some podcasts and it's kind of it, it is a different vibe because you know sh she'll get on with uh trevor noah or recently she got on with um uh who's the <laughs> who's the guy on netflix and he also has a podcast that hassan minaj no 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 he has it's a white dude and he has a bit about getting gunned down in a denny's um so, joe list no 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 anyway uh she she goes on there and she can have like a normal conversation pete holmes knows, no okay um <laughs> cool yeah uh she do you think that she's serious or or what do you think because she got started on the blaze she got started over in theo, Las theo vaughn oh says, theo vaughn yeah. theo vaughn gang yeah. gang one of god's boys <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I love how he would just end all of his crazy stories in his first special by yeah. saying like, but you know, I, I have I, the Lord in me. Yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite special. Like when I oh, man, first saw great. that, I was just it's, like, it's probably still in my top three or five. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Tommy Lauren, uh, she, she's not as, she's not like on volume 10, you know, it's, it's just toned down a little, like she'll still, um, you know, stand her ground and, and all that, but she's uh, far less annoying, um, whenever she's on kind of fun to look at too. (laughs) Yeah. She's cute. Um, but I feel like that's a, whenever she's on somebody else's platform. Yeah. It's just a, um, it's a job anymore. It's like you can be Rush Limbaugh himself used to always call them like info babes or news babes or whatever, but it's hard to argue with that. And I've actually heard that in several stand up bits recently where it's like, I think Joe Rogan did one where he was like, I was watching Megan Kelly and she was interviewing a man and they were in the same room. So I assume that they were in the same climate, <laughs> but he was wearing a, a jacket like it was cold and it was all buttoned up and <laughs> she's over there. And he called it, um, well, I can't tell you what he called it, but basically insinuated that her skirt, her dress was basically just a curtain. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, not a sturdy curtain. He's like, I'm talking about the type of curtain that would flutter over your grandmother's sink kitchen <laughs> or sink in the kitchen. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, speaking on Pete and uh, who else? Oh, Elizabeth Warren. Did you hear that they're being sued? No. Oh, by, by who? By murderer George Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my goodness! Yeah. I hate this guy. You and me both. We, I hate this guy. It's like I, I would love to go. We've already ranted about him twice. Yeah. I think. Now. What is his deal? Why is he suing them? Uh, for um, let's see, he's suing them for two hundred and sixty-five million. Um, Zimmerman's attorney stated it is high time that the cheap and harmful use of the race card by politicians of all stripes be made to cease and desist their despicable their despicable race tactics are not only causing great harm to persons such as my client george zimmerman but also are damaging relations between black and white americans who are all brothers brothers you know what's damaging relations between black and white people black people getting gunned down by white racists but anyway what are they claiming that george zimmerman is like white or black, or I thought he was Hispanic. <laughs> yeah, so did I. But anyway, the nation should applaud Mr. Zimmerman for taking a strong stand and pushing back against hack politicians like Buttigieg and Warren, who know no bounds of decency and frankly could obviously care less about whom they hurt in their quest to dishonesty. Um, dishonesty use and manipulate black voters to win the 2020 Democratic Party. Um, so this comes off of Warren's tweet. Um, she tweeted on uh, Trayvon, the anniversary of Trayvon Martin's death, which was a couple days ago. Um, and she says, you know, my heart goes out to Trayvon's family and friends. He should still be with us today. We need to end gun violence and racism. And we need to build a world where all of our children, especially young black boys, can grow up safe and free. And that is considered, what, defamation? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> $265 million worth. Um, I mean, this is difficult because there's few people that I dislike as much as George Zimmerman, but Elizabeth Warren is one of them. So uh, I'm, I'm in between a rock and a, a fake Native American here. Um, so I'm having a real hard time. But I don't I think I was wondering, like, how, how is he um, 
how is he coding in his involvement in this particular situation? But I guess if she tweeted that, what was Pete's role in all of that? Like, I, why I, is he? In I this? couldn't even find that. I guess he's just guilty for you know. I don't find him to be a divisive character. Yeah, I um, don't either. Zimmerman. So he's he's fully committed. Like I guess in the first couple of instances where it looked like he was trying to attention fetch, so mm. to speak, that it was like, okay, well maybe something happened that we're not aware of, or. You know, maybe there's more to this story. At this point, we know what he is, which is a fame whore and yeah. somebody that used, you know, whatever you want to call it. Let's go ahead and just let's go ahead and compromise with manslaughter right. at the very least. Right. I mean, even if he was innocent, it would be manslaughter. Right. Yeah. Is that how that oh, goes? Uh, Buttigieg, he tweeted out Trayvon Martin would have been 25 today. How many 25th birthdays have been stolen from us by white supremacy, gun violence, prejudice, and fear? Ooh, okay. Yeah. that That's going hard in the paint. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to remember that George Zimmerman wasn't even a cop. Like, he was just like a... Neighborhood watch? Yeah, man. Like, that doesn't seem like a responsible gun owner to me. Like, yeah. I feel most safe around responsible gun owners because they have the most respect for guns. Like... That is the one, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't really care what your viewpoint is or what you, where you stand on this type of thing. Some of those things are, it is what it is. And like, you may not have one, but others do. And be mindful of that. And like, if you're going to be around one, obviously be respectful. And like, yeah. this just isn't the first time that he's trying, tried to get money off of it. Like $265 million. He should be a little, sorry irrelevant today yeah exactly and and yet he's still in the news has and, he not sold know. rights to a netflix doc or what's you, the deal there i i thought i thought he was working on a some type of film or or something um nowadays it seems like you can build a career of doing negative things yeah outweigh like outweigh the statute of limitations and then sell the documentary rights to netflix yeah and i'm referencing one in particular um is that so did you watch the the documentary The Voyeur? No. Oh my goodness. Okay. So there's this old man. Um, I can't remember if he's passed since this film came out or if he's still with us. He's on his last leg either way. Um, but this little old married man uh, that he he sold the rights to a a Netflix documentary uh, that covered his thirty years of voyeurism, and this was at a time where like. I feel like voyeurism voyeurism has many forms now. And I feel like one of the most egregious, disgusting ones that you hear about from time to time is like when some old boy gets hauled in for like putting a, a toilet cam in like the Burger King or something like those kind of things are yeah. just disgusting and crazy. Um, but that's kind of what I was expecting, like some sort of like hidden camera situation or I don't know what I was expecting. But this documentary is about a man who is fascinated with the psychology of other people and their lives. And mm -hmm. he wanted to be involved without them knowing he wanted to be an observer and saw it as kind of a science or a study or something that he was particularly in tune with. Okay. And so what he did was he and his wife bought a motel off the side of the road, off an interstate somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. They gutted the motel to, he built a secret observation deck hmm. in the attic of this hotel. And so the rooms were just all down this like straight hallway apparently. And he would have like a little opening within the observation deck where he could just walk from room to room and look down and see what was occurring. What? 
and he has copious notes from this. Like he would seven thirty two. She returned to the room. She strewed the uh, you know cheap convenience store uh, chips all over the bed, and then proceeded to um, you know he has some really kinky stuff in there, like gra- it's sexually graphic material. Uh, he saw somebody OD and die. Um, he saw murder. Um, he saw all sorts of things. And this was his thing. Like, he wouldn't come down all night. He'd be up there for 12 hours a night, many nights, and had a dutiful, faithful wife standing by him the entire time. And it was just about how he created this special structure, this special motel to feed his voyeurism appetite and did that for decades and then sold it inevitably and outweighed any perceived statute of limitations, but then felt like his story was so compelling and worthy of sharing that he was doing it more out of the goodness of his heart. Like somebody should be aware of this. Somebody should know what happened here. And that's wholesome. Yeah. And he, he reneges on the deal like halfway through, like he has a, an investigate, an investigate, uh, investigative we did this in like episode 10 too investigative <laughs> uh, journalist <laughs> journalist that finds stuff out all right <laughs> he worked with this guy for like a long time to break this story in the new yorker or the new york times or something like that and then he he like pulled out of the story in the last moment as it was going to print and then like was happy about it but then people were threatening to kill him and he was mad and Anyway, he seemed like a very unstable fellow, yeah. but it is a fascinating documentary. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. I just could not believe that I was just expecting something so much more tame or like, I guess, modern day, like um, a Peeping Tom or something. But the fact that he built, yeah, like how creepy is that? Extremely. Okay. Uh, yeah. That would, if I found out that was happening to me, like that would, I would not be able to get over that, I don't think. Well, I assume that I'm being filmed. Uh, if you stay at an Airbnb, you're being filmed. If you are at a hotel, you have a better chance. But I don't know. Like you can do a room sweep, but you know, people that need to access me naked can. You know, like they just need to turn on my computer or yeah, um, he's right. My guys. TV or my microwave or whatever is going on. Like they have a way to access. I mean, I- I'm staring at my my phone in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, anybody could activate that. And I don't really care to cover it up with some tape. I'd rather it just be out there, (laughs) you know? Yeah. If you got it, flaunt it, you know? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't got it. They're just taking it from me. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's for CIA. Edward Snowden. (laughs) Um, Were those your whole notes? Like the dunk contest and common? We just talked about Zimmerman. I got, I'm about to. That's right, man. I'm about to go to I'm more. So impatient. For I talked about topic. NASCAR, and and you did away with that, saying you hated NASCAR. So I got to move on. I do on hate and, NASCAR. <laughs> like, what do you want from? Like you're shooting my topics down. No, no, no. I'm um, all about your topics, bro. Rest in peace to 20 year old Pop Smoke rapper. Um, most noted, like he just released an album a week and a half ago. Um, and he had been gaining a lot of traction because Nicki Minaj had jumped on one of his songs and had been really supporting him. He was also he was shot in his own place today. Witnesses say that there were two men in masks running out of his place on foot and and got away. There's not a lot of news on it, but that was unfortunate. Um, he was an up and coming rising rap star. 
Wow, man. Yeah. What's up with the new generation of rappers? Like, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. I'd love why to. are the Lil Pumps, the Takashi Six Nines, like, why is it so imperative to your recording career, your event career, all of these different things to be so allied with gang members and um, to actually be moving that dope while you're rapping about moving? Well, that I mean, dope? you and I, we've talked extensively about uh, Takashi Six Nine and. I mean, in his case, the people that, you know, he, he was helping, they, uh, they paid for like his music videos and for, they like put him on, they funded a lot of his stuff, which, you know, that's a big incentive. Another one is to be able to actually, uh, back up what you're rapping and to give you clout. Um, I mean, that, that's just kind of a big deal and be able to, uh, to not, um, I don't know, just to have street cred, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you can be... I mean, I thought Rick Ross was proof enough that you can be a corrections officer and go to nine figures. I'm saying him and Ice-T. Uh, Ice-T playing on... What what show is he on? CSI? or? So you mean to tell me that the victim was face down in the gutter and the perp did this? Yeah, Ice. <laughs> so what you're saying is that our perp that we're looking for yeah, now who's you're the kidding. comedian that does the whole? You're t- uh, it was John Mulaney. Okay, uh, he's like, you mean to tell me that <laughs> yeah. he gets off? I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at little kids. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is the special <laughs> victims unit, Ice. You're gonna have to get used to that kind of thing. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, but you mean to tell me our perp gets off on? <laughs> grandmothers <laughs> in the Bronx only. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. That's so funny that I used to love that show and just binge it all the time. It was yeah. basically just background noise. And, um, I watched a stand up the other day and this guy was like, what does it say about me that that's like what I do laundry to <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, and it, it's a true thing. You start to see the world a little bit darker, but going back to the, the rappers, um, it just feels like there's been a huge spike. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's all these kids are today. Don- like, I, I wasn't surprised at all when you said Lil, what's his name? You know, it's always something stupid. Yeah. Um, died. But I mean, this sounds like a direct hit or right. like rival gang uh, paid hit. There was a bounty out on his head. Had or- to have been. I mean, up and coming, like I said, up and coming. Nicki Minaj have been shouting him out. Um, album released a week and a half ago. Nicki Minaj tweeted out that, man, it's a shame what jealousy can do to people. So she's assuming or she- She's hinting at that there was foul play and like they actually knew that it was him. Um, so pretty crazy. What do you mean they knew it was him? Like it wasn't just like a random hit. Like they well, were, no, why they were would specific. it be? I know. I'm just saying. Where was he in the trap or in the mansion or? Uh, he was just in a house. I don't. These think new had... kids that make it, they haven't made it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like this money is so fleeting. Like they get yeah. two hundred fifty thousand dollars in like pre roll you know, credits off YouTube or something like that if their video pops. But what else do they have coming in, really? Like, what sustainable revenue streams are they generating besides moving massive amounts of dope, you know? Uh, That would be about it. Um, I will say I have this quote uh, just to kind of tie in the type of person that Pop Smoke was. Uh, He was in this interview recently, and they asked him, who do you make music for? Is it these kids you refer to? Are they the ones that you hope to inspire? And he says, I make music for the kids in the hood that's got to share a bedroom with like four other kids, the young kids growing up in poverty. I make music for the kid who uh, 
has beef thinking about how when they go to school, these people might try to kill them, but I still got to get my diploma for my mom. I make music for kids like that who know they just have to keep going, that there's a better way. That's who I really make music for. Obviously, it's getting bigger and everybody, and it's for everybody now. Um, people all across the world listen to my music now, but I really make it for them. That's the people who I feel need inspiration. So wait, is he a good guy? Yeah. Oh, so what's the deal here? That's what I'm saying. Oh, so I'm accusing him of being in a gang or something, and he's not oh, at no, all? Oh, no, no, no. He wasn't like a... When were you going to set me straight on that? I'm sorry. I thought you were just <laughs> saying that recently that seems to be the... Well, yeah, like... You no, tell me a 20-year-old rapper is gunned down by masked gunmen, and I'm like, oh, oh I know what happened here. But yeah. you're telling me now that he's a good guy and that this was a as bad As far hit. as I know, like he's not gang-affiliated. He's, oh. gang he's doing it for the kids that are still trying to get by on right. sports or education. And, and showing them that they don't need to be in a gang or sell drugs and stuff. Like, well, then WTF, everybody. Exactly. What's his name? Pop Smoke. Pop Smoke. Yeah. Well, I guess he lived up to his name. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I'll leave you hanging on that. That's one. what you get for naming yourself Pop Smoke, man. Even if you're a good guy, just be like, I'm Gerald. <laughs> I'm 28. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, G Easy. That's Gerald, you know. Man, his G- name's Gerald. G Easy. He has such an enviable career at the moment. In that, you know, it's like whenever a white guy comes out on that scene, you're like, all right, I see you. We'll see how long you last. Yeah. And his first big hit. I mean it yeah. was everything. Like in the video, was, to that dude, I played it time. a thousand times easily. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this dude is so for real. Yeah. He, uh, you're and always. I, I remember him, dude. He was coming up probably in like 2010. Uh, I remember because I used to follow these like indie rap websites who would post new new music and stuff. And there was this other rapper, Hoodie Allen. Um, and he actually had more hits and he would feature g Easy, and then they had beef and g Easy went on to be like this huge superstar and um it's just crazy to see how much like i never thought he was gonna blow up he would always sample these crazy like 40s and 50s style music and um you know he dresses up like dean martin or or the rat pack and just has like this gangster persona about him but i think that's why he's kind of stuck around yeah he's uh I don't know to get the respect of like all of his mom. peers that I also res- like when he when you're when he does 1942 with Yo Gotti and all those guys like when I listen to Gez's verse <laughs> it's so weird I'm like I'm like this this guy <laughs> the face of the West Coast it's the face of the West Coast Ben Mackin <laughs> blue face baby um I heard a new blue face track the other day <laughs> I kind of like to oh, how aggravating but going back to Gez I just feel like man. He, at the time of I Mean It, I was like, we have the same haircut. We have the same hairstyle, like the same slick back white boy look kind of, I don't know, however you would describe it. Maybe he's departed from that sense, but he's maintained who he is, but also been so relevant within that community. Right. And it's, it's just so aggravating. (laughs) One of us made it. (laughs) I know. They didn't, they didn't have to be like super insane or like. Eminem, you know, or crazy skilled like him. Like he just this dude with swag. Yeah, but I don't enjoy Eminem's music. I don't I enjoy G Easy's music. That's what I'm saying. And that's what it's like when you're turning up and it's like G Easy's on, you're like, man. People are still like, I mean, he's been in the game for almost ten years now, and people are just now finding out that he's white. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I see a tweet like every other week, like, this fool's white? Like I just now saw him. 
who's the guy that um uh who's the guy that is it logic that does he's, um he's half you don't gotta die to yeah die. this this the suicide hotline yes yes i love that song yeah um i good really message. good message. i really love that song and that song is like I won't lie. Like I've had troubled times where that song has come on and I'm like, yeah, time for a good cry. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks logic. But uh, I guess he dropped the N word in one of his songs and everybody was like, hold up. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they thought he was white. Well, he's he's apparently he's half, um, half, half black, half white. Right. Yeah. And if you miss that, I mean, just listen to nine out of 10 of his songs and he'll reference it. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be like, Hey, just so everyone knows, I'm black. Yeah. And down with the beat. Yeah. Too white for the crackers. Hmm. Is that what he says? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, okay, so G Easy, young rappers. Well, bring back more on that investigation. What city was he gunned down in? Um Pop Smoke, that is. Yeah, I'll look it up. Do 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 <laughs> do do. Uh, West Hollywood. What in the world? This might this might be a bigger story. Maybe. When did this happen? Like two hours ago? <laughs> this, I mean, last, between last night and this morning. I love how you always like are doing the news in the show, and then I find out it's like what happened in the last hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I bring all the must heard. Yeah, must heard. Relevant, bro. You always have like you basically are the in memoriam section of the show. I know. I'm just you literally tell died. me who died every week, and I'm yeah. like, oh. Why? And then you're like, no, but he was good. He was noble. <laughs> yeah. Pop smoke of old. Yep. Um, so there's a Democratic debate tonight, and Bloomberg is going to be on the stage. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about spending? I've heard that he's going to spend up to $2 billion. Um, I was watching TV the other night, and like it was something pretty primetime. I think it was, I don't know if it was the Oscars or what it was. Um, and he was just wall to wall coverage i haven't given it much thought to be honest but tell me tell me your predictions Mm. i mean i think it might be it might be bernie's time i'm thinking oh i hey i did pull up uh this image hold on (laughs) wait for it hold on audio only sanders takes large lead in national democrat support following aya in new hampshire so Back in January, Joe Biden was at 32%. He's dropped to 16. This is according to an ABC News poll. He's he was at 32, he's dropped to 16. Bernie Sanders was at 23 and he spiked up to 32. So, he's in the lead as far as this Washington Post ABC News poll goes. Wow, Mr. Brad. Yeah. Mr. Brad live on the White House lawn. Yeah. What's up? Politics. Could you please replace Jim Acosta? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag politics. <people. laughs> Hashtag politics. Hashtag current events. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Biden is out, essentially, in my opinion. Yeah. Bye. Biden is like he had such a lackluster performance in New Hampshire yeah. after Iowa. I was so proud of my girl, Amy Klobuchar. She got 20 percent of the vote in New Hampshire. And it basically cemented the fact that she's going forward in this cycle. So she's going to be on the debate stage tonight. But uh, Bloomberg, it's his first foray into the debate process. And I I guess that I don't know if some of the criterion that you had to adhere to to make the former debates where it was like so many individual donors or what the deal was. I think they've altered the criterion 
by which you get access to the debate. And they've included him, even though a lot of the other candidates are basically saying that he hasn't participated in the same democratic process that they have. Like Mm. he's basically bought his way to this point. But it sounds like the money that he's spent, at least in national polling, is is working to us like it's he has a minimum threshold of support of people that think that he could potentially beat trump and is equipped to go do this you know the only person that i i don't think that bloomberg beats trump i think that um i think bernie might could beat trump yeah as far as any of the i think he's the top competitor yeah i would love to vote Trump out of office with Amy Klobuchar. Um, but if you run like an E Warren or I don't know, man, <laughs> not looking good. <laughs> I, I, I don't talk about how I vote. I'm not going to vote. <laughs> don't vote. Well, then you're part of the problem. No, I'm as gonna, they would say, I'm going to vote, <laughs> but for who you'll never know. <laughs> Your silence says it all, sir. Wow. No, don't put me in that. Hey, so trending on Twitter today, what movie traumatized you as a kid? Hmm. You know what? This is actually going to be a good conversation yeah, right I'm now thinking because so. every Easter, <laughs> not how I expected this conversation to start. Every Easter, they would play the new version of The Passion, essentially, like oh, the new movie. Yeah. And at a certain age, I could not believe the unshaking faith of a loyal disciple that they would die for this movie production. Like I thought <laughs> oh, that they died. Oh, I was you like, thought somebody was crucified. I thought every somebody year? was crucified every year so that we could commemorate the real guy that was crucified. Whoa. I literally thought that. And I was like, what dedication to their that craft? Like I, anything I can't I... even believe this. And I, I remember asking my dad, it's one of my earliest memories. And I was just like, how does he die every year? And my dad's like, yeah, but he comes back to life. And I'm like, no, but that guy. And he's like, what? <laughs> well, I was convinced that, you know, <laughs> the slightly Jewish looking actor <laughs> that played Jesus, that there was a new version of him that literally died for the film. And it was traumatizing. I just was like, what kind of God am I worshiping and following? Like, you know, um, you know, sometimes I ask that question now for completely different reasons. Yeah, it's in, um, it's ingrained, buddy. Um, but yeah, I've always. <laughs> Jeez. I you've always, been carrying you've been carrying that around for all these years. Well, because like my my descent with certain aspects of religion didn't come about as a part of like a rebellion period. Yeah. Like it was, it was in me from birth. Yeah. Like. I remember unanswerable questions. I remember questioning things at five and 10. I remember questioning things in my baptismal class at 12, 11, 12, and literally telling the preacher man, like, you know, in some ways I could tell you all about this, but in other ways, like, I don't believe any of this. Like, and he's like, I could see that Carson. It's good. You're doubting Thomas sometimes that's noble. And then I got baptized and it was terrible. It was, I just felt like, I was like, what am I doing? It just felt like um felt like I was walking down the aisle with the wrong girl. Mm. Like I just had it was one of the worst days of my childhood. Dang. Like I just felt I felt we had a big lung, lunch at the house afterwards and um I just had this pit in my stomach and I was like, I'm a fraud. 
like it washed all over me and this feeling of like release and joy and peace and love and forgiveness that people that had done more sinning than me at the time mm-hmm. um, experienced or described experiencing. I just wasn't that I've, I've never felt like I was that broken yet. Yeah. Was it your choice? To, like, did you make the decision to get baptized? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you you made that decision and then well, you still felt that way. You got to realize that up until the age of probably 29 and a half, like yeah. I just thought life happened. Like you, right. you're like, oh, so this is how this happens. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize the level of control and intention that you can have over your own life yeah. and just for you and no, you I make that, that decision. Yeah. And um, so I think it was maybe not encouraged, but I remember everybody my age was, was definitely yeah. getting baptized. I wasn't in Adventist school, so it wasn't that kind of peer pressure, but um, where they like baptized the whole class or whatever. Yeah. But it was uh, it was the in thing to do uh, for people at 12 for mm-hmm. sure. And um, I remember like kind of entering the process shakily like hey maybe this is something that we should explore and then the next thing you know they're putting the fundamentals in front of you like and i've broken probably 24 of them um when you can't even sell alcohol i was a waiter like (laughs) so at 18 i'm like well i I don't know To, to each their own i think the religion and all of that the cyclical nature of taking a day off a week and having a community that you fellowship with like there are just intrinsic benefits just yeah. from a from a mental physiological perspective from a sustainability perspective and longevity perspective i get that i see the merit of that i would like to get more more into a cadence of that maybe it involves 18 holes of golf where i'm out communing with nature and being physical and meeting new people i don't know um maybe it doesn't have to happen in a church pew per se but i see the merit of all of that and i just think that you know, it is difficult because a big portion of me, when I ever think about like children, which is rare in many, <laughs> many situations, you know, there's a certain amount of it where it's like, well, get those kids some religion, you know, like it's just this thing that's ingrained in you. And I don't know if the parents believe what they're telling you to the extent that they're telling it to you. Um, That's been, I don't know, like sometimes you grow up and I remember thinking to myself that I, I thought some members of the family were cool because I'm like, they don't buy any of this. Yeah. And then they're on their deathbed and you find out, oh, they bought it and they're concerned about their future. You know, <laughs> like they yeah. want salvation and, you know, they're replaying every, every deed that they've ever done in their life. And I remember feeling agony for those members of my family thinking, no, man, like you led a great life. Like you your your mouth didn't move during song service so i thought that we were in the same boat here and turns out we weren't like what part of me is broken that there's always been an intimacy level to religion and especially like the protestant version of having a a personal relationship oh and when people say with christ if you say christ too many times in like a a conversation if you say it once or twice i'm like call him jesus or god or something but when people are like well my relationship with christ i'm like get off your high horse you know like (laughs) why i've just i've it's a physical aversion to that phrase like I, i was on a call with a friend the other day who had called up and explained why he'd been MIA for years. <laughs> he was he I haven't seen him in a year and you know he'd refound his relationship with Christ and yeah. uh you know he was it, it was like venturing out in a populated area or with his old stomping crew was going to be 
potential for <laughs> it was going to be a potential detriment to his relationship with Christ. And so it's like, like dude, that, so it's what? like that phrase or somebody using Christ has like been tainted just because you've it's been tainted. It by... Um, and also just. I've always been uncomfortable with people proclaiming. I know that the Bible says boast not in anything other than how close you are to God, essentially. But when people have, historically, I've been very turned off by that. And I've always been turned off by the people that definitively stand up in church and they say, I know that I'm saved in the blood of Christ. Like, I stand here today resurrected and transformed in front of you. I am washed clean. I am white as snow. I know where my place in heaven is. And they're so, it's like, do you? Like, I like to think that even the best Christians are like, yep, it's a coin toss. Don't know what's going to happen when I get to the pearly gates. Like that, that frustrates me that you have the gall to claim that publicly. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense at all? Like I can see your frustration, but also from like Christian standpoint, I mean, God says like, all you have to do is believe in me and accept me as your savior, regardless of, of what you do. Like I know your heart and if you have, and if you have a good heart and you trust in me and believe in me, then you, then you will be in heaven. And so if you do believe in that mindset and that statement, then I can see why you would, you know, stand firm in that, in that statement or that belief. Yeah, it's a type of, uh, I guess in this situation, I, the creator has the type of love for you, his creation, that we've never really been able to experience peer-to-peer -peer or even parent-to-peer as humans. Like the type of unconditional love where you can take someone at their word yeah. and it's like, oh, that's really all I have to do. But then I find, I find that hard to believe because it's like, what if Hitler, like, you know, recanted on his deathbed and asked for forgiveness. What if I could move forward in good faith and go out and assault people every night, but then just ask for forgiveness and know I'm saved? Like, yeah, you know and, what I mean? No, and I totally understand. Like, I that. could game that system, but then what if I'm killed during one of my assaults, for instance, and yeah. I didn't have time to ask for forgiveness before I died? Am I damned to hell forever? Well, it's kind of like you rolled the dice and you made those decisions and we don't like tomorrow is not promised. So, so you're you, only as good as your last act. I'm not saying your last act, but everything leading up to that, like, so if I'd asked for forgiveness for everything except the crime I was committing while I died, I'm saved. Well, I don't even think you need, like, I'm not a believer in, I have to ask for forgiveness for each and every single like negative or bad thing that I do in order to be saved. Like, so what's your parameters for being saved? For me, accepting that, that God created us and that he is our savior and that he does forgive me. Like, like so because I said, you've developed a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a feeling. Mm -hmm. Huh? So the acceptance of it. So you could, you could die while sinning with that acceptance in your heart and still be good in your book. Yeah. The, I mean, because I believe in, in Jesus and that he came and died for our sins. Like, yeah, if I die in the act of sinning, like I know I'm never going to be in a position to where I'm doing something that will result in, in me not going to heaven. Like I'm not going to commit murder. I'm not going to. Oh, well then you're one of the a-holes I'm talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> no, and I'm okay. If anybody's with that. going to heaven. You're going to heaven. <laughs> like I, I'm okay with that, but um, I don't know. I don't remember where I was going with it, but. 
well, you were telling me about your parameters for being saved and, you know, you're not judged by each individual act person, or you don't have to ask, you know, solve penance for each individual act. It's more of an overall yeah, vibe. Of God, being God didn't accepting. die for us because of our actions. He, he died for us because, or our love, he died because of his love. But you, you said two different words or almost actions there. You said one was acceptance and the other one was belief. Okay. Are those two things the same thing? Because could I accept mm. that there could be something and not believe that, it? Sure. And, and not necessarily like know for sure or believe it. Yeah. So I could still be saved even if I didn't believe. Um, the Bible kind of talks about you being saved based off of your knowledge. And that, that's a question that I, I think Dude, maybe we've the talked knowledge about one. Yeah. I was like, I think what about talked, the inbred groups yeah. in the jungle that have never seen an it's outside like, source? Yeah. Like, why would you go tell them? I, we've, we've talked about that before. So I'm pretty sure that was, it was the millstone around your neck conversation where right. I was like, we need to shut these evangelistic series down because we're killing these people. Yeah, they're they're going to come in and think we're crazy know. and not accept it. But because we told them the truth, we would damn them, them to hell forever. Yeah. So all these nuances, I've always, always struggled with this. Always, um, you know, I, I feel like I threw in the towel on this a little bit eight years ago, maybe, or just yeah. kind of fell out of, I fell out of feeling bad about my, um, frustrations with this or just apathy. Maybe mm -hmm. I think it was maybe something in my mind, like, Oh, I'll pick this back up later in life or as, as the needs arise or whatever the deal is. And I think it, at the same time, you struggle with intentionality and certain things in life when you don't necessarily know what you believe, like yeah. when there's not a North star, like I know what happens after I die or I think I do. Um, that can be, that can be troublemaking as well. For sure. But I think it's interesting to quiz people on like, okay, so what are the criterion here? How do I make the debate stage in heaven? Yeah. I mean, it's not like a checklist in my opinion. Yeah. You don't have to cross off all these things. It's just the way that you lived your life. Do you think there's some people that might have pushed God away or thought, oh, that's for women and children or um, I, I'm not worthy of a relationship or this, this is too much of a, an intimate bond that I'm incapable of having with anyone, much less almighty. Um, nope. do you think there's people like that, that will be in heaven that just led a good, decent life? Um, and like, I'm thinking about your, your stereotypical farmer or like the eighties dad so, or something like that. So what made the eighties dad incapable of having that type of relationship? I don't know. Maybe his relationship with his father was stunted or I, and yeah, not, not everybody is going to be presented with a solution to a need that they don't have yet. Right. And so I think that was a form, uh, a type of, uh, I don't I don't want to use the word abuse or something, but like just the way that you were raised and, and, and you, ended up with that type of mindset because that's the type of relationship that you had with a real father, like a, like a tangible thing that you experienced. I don't think God's going to hold you to that, but I think he will hold you. Like, even if you don't believe in him, that doesn't give you a right to be like an a-hole, you know, like you, you can't just go around, um, I guess doing whatever you want. Like I, th I personally think that there will be, you know, non-Christians in heaven. Uh, and I don't, I, 
I don't know, like if you talk with conservative Seventh-day Adventists, uh, some of them only think, you know, the top tier Seventh-day Adventists are going to be there that only ate haystacks. And yeah, isn't that hilarious? Yeah, that's wild. I remember Um, thinking like, oh, man, I know he's going to the church, but then he had pepperoni. So I'm not going to see him for forever. But maybe I've said it on this podcast before. and I know I've said it to many people. I say it to my students, like I've met better um, atheists than than some Christians, you know, for sure. And that are much more deserving of heaven. And and some who have sought much harder. Yeah. Like they've they've seeked and find it pretty hard. You know, like Sam Harris is a pretty thoughtful agnostic or atheist or yeah. whatever he is like and i don't know like i i've often i've seen the melding of different practices where i'm like oh so our time spent in thoughtful reflection and prayer is kind of like your meditation yeah and what if the positive benefits that keep christians praying are the same benefits that keep meditators meditating like what if it's just a brain turn off for 10 minutes or I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a thoughtful introspection of your own feelings. And like, cause typically you're laying out your life to God. Like, Oh yeah, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This religion, is religion aside, on. that's super healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, people have had conversations with dead loved ones or, you know, proverbial conversations. Mm-hmm. Like I had a, a former colleague that he would assemble, he would lay in bed at night and he would assemble an all-star panel of influencers dead and alive. So yeah. he'd have, Ben Franklin, Teddy Roosevelt, Steve Jobs, they've all, they'd all be sitting around a table in his mind and he would talk through his issues with them and, you know, um, mime what their responses would be based on what he knows about them based off his studies. Like, you know, that's some weird stuff. If you present that to some Christians, they'd be like, he's talking to the dead (laughs) six, six, six. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's crazy. <laughs> Save me, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, this is your chance. <laughs> I'm not here to give everyone all the answers of the, of, of the universe. You know, like I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never struggled with doubts as far as the existence of God or anything like that. But I think that's something that both those that still wind up being Christians and those that end up non-believers. Um, I think we all, if you attempt to have a personal relationship with Christ, um, <laughs> um, then then I definitely think you have to put it kind of through the ringer and the test. And I I just came out afterward, um, you know, on the other episode, we've I kind of talked about different uh, uh, historical things within the Bible, also lining up with with actual history that you know we grew up with in our textbooks and. I think that's relevant to my beliefs um, and just certain um, personal things that I've, I've prayed about um, coming to fruition and, and different things like that. Um, those, that. That's just all led me to believe, but I understand people pray every day, like other people pray for certain things to happen and it doesn't come true. So I don't have an answer for what happens whenever, uh, whenever somebody prays for cancer to go away and, and it doesn't or, or um, someone to recover from an accident. Like, I don't have answers for that. I just know in my own personal life, um, I've, I've, seen, I've seen enough to keep me believing rather than shy me away from it. Yeah. Well, 
it's pretty powerful. <laughs> There's more keeping me here than driving me away. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be a Christian if all of your biological family had been swept away in a tsunami when you were four? Um, would anybody have told me about Christianity? Well, I mean, think about all the different possibilities, all the bitterness, all the lack of direction and leadership in your life and guidance. And if you didn't have parents who made it fun, like if you hadn't gone to cradle roll and, you know, primary and early teens when the music got real rowdy and like somebody brought Mm -hmm. out a bongo drum and whoa, we're we're really doing Father Abraham up this week, you know. If yeah. you hadn't had those experiences, uh, w- you know, would it be as attractive to you? Would you be as devout or in the same space as you are now? I have no idea because that's not my experience. Like, it would just be, it would just depend on what was presented to me if I hadn't have had all that. There, there's a, there's a must heard, like mm-hmm. need to know. Uh, aspect to the elitism that is some of these religions where it's like, you got to know about it. You got to know a lot about it and you got to infer it in the right. I I don't know. seems like it should be so globally accessible to every human that's ever lived. Like that's the beef that I have. Like, but what isn't, about the, it, isn't it for anybody that accepts it? But what about the Amazon tribe that isn't aware of what the what the item is that they're supposed to accept? Because all they've ever known is the bone through their nose and the bark that they're eating. Okay, but let's look at the core values of each of these things. And I, I believe if we do, for many of the main religions, like they share the same fundamental okay, beliefs. Okay, so okay, so and if I, we have if we embody an overall spirit of goodness within our community, regardless of the language, the dialect, or which God it is, or if it even is a God, is that what you're saying? Like, that, yeah, this but is my I question. said that from the beginning of this conversation. Hmm. So, is it harder for us because we know all, we were born on the truth? You know, like we grew up in the supposed truth. Are we more? When you say is it harder, like what are you referring to? It, do we are we held to a higher standard because we knew God before others did, or whatever we were told about Him? I guess, but my life isn't like. Whenever you say higher standard, like I don't see, like I don't feel myself going out of the way to do any of the things that I do, yet I still feel like my actions bring people closer to God, like if they were to act, like if they were to look at me or, or see what I do. Like my students, I, I feel I can see that I have a connection with God. Um, but if you don't believe in God, then you can just liken that to being a good person, which I think is also extremely valuable. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson, I think I've said this before, he has the mantra of uh, live as if there is a God, whether you believe in it or not. Yeah, that's um, Pascal's way. I think it's Pascal's wager, it's called Hmm. Um, the theory that, well, you can wager that God doesn't exist. Um, The wager that God doesn't exist is not worth the reward, but the wager and and believing in a God is, is worth the outcome, I guess, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's basically like, well, you might as well believe he's like, because- if you make it to heaven and you did it, <laughs> yeah. then whoopee. Yeah. But if you were wrong, then that's far worse. Now the people against that theory is like, well, then you don't have a genuine connection and you're just doing it for self gain. And that's not well pure. It, part of it is just my personality type. I think this comes down to personality type, how you take information, how you sort it, how you respond, blah, 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 maturity. And when you start off with, okay, there's two outcomes here. One, you burn. The other, you're on a cloud 
with a harp with your family and, you know, God. I mean, that starts off pretty, <laughs> pretty get on board or get off, you know, like, yeah, for me, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, totally I feel see like that. I'm just saying like things that would be perceived as just middle of the road and some like if you take it back down to the foundation if forget everything you've ever been told, this is the problem that I have sometimes. Like I've gotten into some pretty spirited debates on religion with my parents, for instance. And I'm like, Hey, your, your foundation of, of facts that you're drawing from with your argument. I'm saying that for the purposes of this conversation, I reject that foundation. Like let's act like we don't know anything definitively. Like let's take it to more of a blue sky space. Like, more of a brainstorm session where, you know, let's say that Ellen White was a kook and she didn't know what she was talking about and she took a rock to the head. We shouldn't listen to her. And then let's go ahead and say that the Bible is factually accurate. It's one of the most historically accurate documents ever produced. Um, But that maybe the the focal point character, maybe the the emphasis was on the wrong syllable with how we should perceive that story. Okay. Like different things like that. Okay. Okay. With you. Um, so, so let's pretend like there, there's maybe not a savior or a higher power or anything like that. Um, we have these records that, you know, certain events are historically true, but let's get rid of, uh, well, I, I guess I'm going back to the point of like, you tell a child turn or burn yeah, and it's like, okay, what am I supposed to, I, we're in Plano right now. Like I'm in a, I'm in a rocking chair. Like, but I, I think that <laughs> theology is like, I think anybody's saying that is off basis of of the point of religion or believing in a god right but the whole point of a story is the conflict it's there's no story without conflict a protagonist uh whatever the other thing is like yeah <laughs> antagonist. antagonist okay yeah. cool that'd be satan right in this on. case yeah. yeah satan and god okay yeah. you know tree of tree of life no, tree yeah, of knowledge you know, of good and evil yeah tree of the apple and all that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know th- that's a that Sure. So I guess in <laughs> so, so you're saying it could be an allegory. No, no, no. Well, of course I'm saying that, but I'm saying when you present to rational humans that are looking to pr- provide solutions to problems and to solve for a better life day to day, like we're primitive apes. And then you tell them there's this story and the culmination of this story is you spending eternity with God or burning in hell. Yeah. Like, seems a little one-sided you don't read the bible sequentially as a kid yep. you know sometimes you flip around so spoiler yeah. alert if you go to one of the you know if you figure out what goes on at the end mm-hmm. which sometimes it boggles my mind because a lot of the framework that i was raised with and that i feel like we all share is even christians or seventh day Adventists in particular i'm like i don't see that in the bible like yeah where does it say in the Bible about Satan originally being like the music angel or whatever? Uh, or was that an E.G. White? No, no, no. That was, that was in the Bible. Was it? Yeah. Where? I mean, I, I didn't come prepared for this conversation. I can Google it. You know it's always going to go from pop smoke to the Bible, man. Yeah, clearly. Well, you keep talking while I... Uh, boy, you know who needs salvation like a mug is George Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> And probably me after this podcast. <laughs> oh, how annoying would it be to get like a bunch of texts like, hey, man, we're, we're praying for you. <laughs> like, We hope you turn it around. Yeah. Because 
I'm not I'm not at odds with the God. Okay, I don't want to put that out there. I I have total respect for this belief system for what it produces. In most cases, I see the framework. I see the benefits. Um, Maybe I'm closer to returning head in than I even think. Okay, so what's what specifically are you wanting? Like which verse? Well, tell me about how we we know that. What was his name? Ludicrous or Luther? Lucifer. Lucifer. I thought it was Ludicrous. Okay, Lucifer. He was like the rapper in heaven, um, the music angel. Yeah. So he had a big head, right? Where did we learn all that? Where it's like he thought his beats were so sick that he could rival God. Um, and got, okay, his, you know, his, for that he got his cloud into a tizzy. Because <laughs> th- that's what you were raised on, right? Yeah. Okay. That's why they always say that music is the one thing that's going to separate us from God and why you deleted your entire catalog in college. Yeah, but here we are. <laughs> here we are now reflecting I, on pop I, smoke. I report on rap every single week. Yeah. You're a curator. You're going to have to keep talking while I search up these answers for you. Well, guys, uh, Brad's looking for answers in the Bible, so <laughs> we'll get back to you next week. <laughs> no. You asked for it. <laughs> oh. They're just jokes, people. Like, I think that I I enjoy the level of familiar familiarity that we, jeez, Louise, the level of familiarity that we have with these topics, and the fact that we can laugh about this together because it does help me, you know, create a common ground and understand. It's difficult, especially with like friends that you went to Christian college or Christian high school with, things like that. Like. It's difficult when you're 30 and you're trying to suss out like where everybody is on that spectrum because there's certain people that got married and had kids and like they're about to be grandparents already, it seems like, and, you know, never missed a week of church. And then there's others that fake it. And then there's others that openly scoff or have just, you know, they, they become much more casual about things there. Yeah. Maybe every Christmas Eve, if that, you know? Right. So trying to feel people out on that spectrum. I even try to feel you out sometimes. Yeah. Well, what do you want to know about me? Well, I just, I, I just wanted to know where that verse was. <laughs> just, I'm not, I'm not a biblical scholar, man. Google Lucifer music verse, Bible verse. Like Google has got to be the best script or looker upper. Isn't that weird how Bibles went from, literal bibles where they're like open your bible to luke 4 13 and now everybody is just on their phones basically. all right ezekiel 28 13 uh you were in eden the garden of god every precious stone was your covering then it goes on to talk about these precious jewels and then it says um the workmanship of your settings and your flutes uh and timbrels was in you on that day you were created uh they were prepared so basically saying like you know he played these different instruments. Okay. Um, then it talks about him being like the shining star. Um, how, how did Ezekiel get these insights? W- wasn't he there like many, many, many generations into the beginning of man as we know it as Christians? Like, sure. Okay. So, Okay. All right. Just what what book of the Bible is Ezekiel? If there's sixty six books, how far in is it? Um, I'm just asking. Like, but also these, these if you're these ten thousand years after the that fall, that wouldn't matter where it is in the Bible because not all of these are in chronological order anyway. Oh, why would they do that? Right? 
<laughs> Just saying. <sighs> you're coming across. You're coming at it with a tongue-in-cheek type thing because you don't believe. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like I'm frustrated that this scavenger hunt on which my eternal salvation or damnation is predicated. Oh, it. It doesn't have a table of contents that's accurate. Like Ezekiel is on a riff. Like what is Ezekiel known for? What is his book about? You know, like what, what portion of the Bible is, I know it's old Testament, but I'm asking legitimately. So we're going off of what he's outcrying to God. Is this a prayer essentially, or like a sonnet that he sent to a neighboring city? The like, book of Ezekiel is the third of the latter prophets. According to the book itself, it records six visions of the prophet Ezekiel exiled in Babylon. So in order to believe what's coming from the Bible, you would also have to believe that there were prophets who gained these messages from God. Gotcha. Okay. So a lot of prophecy. Yes. So E.G. White is kind of like another Ezekiel then, just at a different time in history. Sure. And if we were annexing her stuff to the Bible... Maybe it would go before Genesis, like because it doesn't matter. It's not chronological. What do you? Uh, I'm, not I'm just following that me. was a joke, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well, thanks for doing that. Sure. Okay. I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah. He said it. Mm-hmm. He saw it. Yeah. You know, and he he was a reputable dude. <laughs> right. I I don't know. There are many reputable people that proclaim <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, Ezekiel was before Jesus, so he right. couldn't proclaim him, right? <laughs> no, no, no. He was a prophet, so he would talk about the coming of Jesus. But not by name, right? Just uh, Son of God or Messiah. They knew that the Son of God would return to save them. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I should do some homework of my own. Yeah. Thanks for inspiring me, man. No problem, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I find value from that. Like, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult for me. Like, you have to you have to believe that Ezekiel is actually a prophet, that he's seen an actual prophecy, and that we're inferring that right after all of these translations. When that seems stressful to me in certain ways, when I could just believe, like, oh, this has cultural relevance, like. It's all leading up to something. Maybe we're inferring this a little bit wrong or I don't know. The fact that we exist and we're sitting here and we're able to record from these microphones and all that, like that's pretty outlandish and crazy too. I mean, the fact that my heart is beating is outlandish. Right. That's wild. Like how did, how, where did the first person come from? Like, was there a big bang? It it could have been, but you know, if I'm going to entertain that, I'm, I'm going to entertain God as well. Well, the big bang is totally unrealistic to me. Yeah. It's not a viable theory that. I'm sitting here. My heart is beating. I don't have a battery plugged in. Like, I, how is this happening right now? What does this mean? How do we all have this shared experience and feelings? Yeah. It, it all just seems too well designed for it to come across to me as an accident or for as, sure as a, as a macro evolutionary type thing. Yeah. I'm not an atheist. I am. I'm at worst on the spectrum, like a... I would say a, um, what's the word? Agnostic? Uh, well, that that was going to be part of it, uh, but more of a reverent creationist agnostic. Okay. Like, I think that something happened. Something set this up. This is, 
I mean, the worst case scenario is that this is just nothing. Like nothing set this yeah, up. Like and that would be none terrible. Of this matters, and then we're um, wrong, and and I'm dust, and that's cool too. I think that the, there's an intelligent force, committee, God, Jesus, whatever it is that has had some sort of. Um, they they had a setup process for this. I don't know what level of involvement they continue to employ to this day. Yeah, like. I think that they have overall super admin capabilities over the system, right? Right. I don't know if they're looking at every comment that comes through the support ticket system. Yeah. I don't know if all of those have the same weight. If some of those are, well, this has been a good customer. You know, he's meant well over the years. Let's let's look at the support ticket. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's as good as it sounds, and it's just come one, come all. Be a be a little a hole, you know, six yeah. days a week, but then get saved. I I don't know how that works. Um, but I'm, I, I don't know if we have the name right or the story exactly right, but I'm not bold enough to sit here and tell you like, there is no God, like th- this was all just set up off the, uh, the prick of a, you know, a pinhead type deal. Yeah. I think that's outlandish. Right. And, you know, you could also say, and I'm sure certain be- people believe that it's outlandish to say that there 100% is a God, but even if that comes across as outlandish, I can 100% believe in yes, there is or isn't. Um, it, like you can believe in something wholeheartedly without it being outlandish, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But um, we... I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Were you going somewhere somewhere there? No, I mean like we can, start? like I can find a biblical scholar that could answer a lot of these questions a lot better than I can. I uh, I'm not I'm not proclaiming to know every single thing. Um no, I don't want their perspective on this. I want yours because I have a rapport with you inside and outside of this conversation. Yeah. You know, and you know, I respect you as a human being. I know that like your tally even though I know we're not saved by works, mm-hmm. your tally is still, you're one of the few people that it's like, it's definitely in the positive, you know, mm-hmm. like you've done more good stuff than bad stuff. You know, you've impacted many more people positively than anybody negatively. You know, you're well, a fan favorite. That. You're molding the the minds of the future generation. I'm certainly trying, man. And you're teaching them some pretty scrappy basketball in the interim yeah learning them some good stuff you guys get into any of those tournaments well, how's that going um we lost yesterday so tomorrow we fight for third place if we had won we would have gone to state in our division um, but now we're fighting for third we we won our um regular season i guess we won out out of everybody in our league um but then we lost our first playoff game so now we fight for third question for you what's up um do the olympics only matter when you're a kid like are you aware that there's going to be a summer olympics in tokyo this year is that even on your radar uh i'm i'm aware that i'm aware that it's happening but i (laughs) i I couldn't tell you like who's competing or even like all the events going on but i remember like not being able to sleep as a child because it was exciting i would have the the dumbbells out like watching i'll never forget Carrie Walsh, Misty May and Carrie Walsh winning the beach volleyball mm-hmm. competition and then falling all over each other. And, uh, beach volleyball was my favorite sport back then. But uh, I was so emotional whenever Brandy Chastain like ripped her jersey off and like the women won. And, 
you know. Well, no wonder Ezekiel's not enticing to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, or the time that, uh, you know, what did a guy do? <laughs> um, uh, Apollo Anton, that's Winter Olympics. Yeah. I'm <laughs> uh, thinking he, like, she, like Brody Miller. Sean White, Winter Olympics. Uh, well, he did s- skateboarding in the Summer Olympics. Okay. I don't know. Gymnastics is so big in the Summer Olympics, and all of that seems female-focused for the most part, except for the unsung hero of yeah. the Summer Olympics, which is... The base. The pommel horse. Oh, wait, what? The pommel horse is oh, the yeah, dopest yeah. like exercise ever. Yeah. Have you ever tried that? No. Oh, my goodness. Like That is... I love the pommel horse. I think that's the most... Um, like uh, It's just awesome. It's awesome to watch. Yeah. Okay. The minute I was put on the spot for like summer sports, I'm like, I don't know any. I know <laughs> golf and beach volleyball. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking the I luge. think there's some type of like biking. <laughs> biking cross country. Yeah. Do they some, run? There's like a relay. There's, there's like marathon a marathon at some point. right? <laughs> Did you see that? Um, do I, they make like sandcastles? Like what's going <laughs> What do they do when it's hot? Pool party. <laughs> <laughs> America should win for that. But. Maybe Brazil. <laughs> this podcast know. is brought to you by the Summer Olympics. Yeah. This, this podcast is brought to you by, <laughs> what is the, uh, Prevagen, the name to remember, <laughs> since we can never remember anything that we're talking about. True. All right, man. Let's just wrap this thing early. You got shout outs? Um, shout out to Christian Steiner and the rest of my old students in Maryland. Apparently, they had la- they listened to the last episode and they were like, hey, you need to give us a shout out. So shout out to them um yeah that just leaves your first school's kids out yeah that's okay it, they can they can complain they yeah. can give us a listen who else yeah. um shout out gerald for the continual uh listen we love you buddy gerald perfect timing dude that was so yeah. funny that literally happened real time like that was great you made this episode yeah uh you got some shout outs yeah shout out alicia blunt hit me up uh, one of my old time homegirls shouted me out this week. She, uh, we have a hard time connecting all the time. It seems like, but we get together sometimes. And she, uh, she shouted me out, said that whenever she misses me, she listens to the podcast with the two of us. So mm. that meant a lot. Um, shout out to the fam, everybody. I don't know. Yeah. Anybody else? Just, you know, all the regs appreciate your listens. <laughs> the regs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are, hey, what do we call our fans? Oh wow! Um, the weakers, the catchuppers, the, the ca- <laughs> yeah, man, um, y'all stay catchupping. <laughs> y'all stay catching up, yeah. and stuff. Um, the weeklies. <laughs> oh, the weeklies. The weeklies. Oh, I like mm. it. Makes us sound like we're in the news media. Get your yeah. news weeklies. <laughs> Get up here while it's hot. Five cents. Um, Today is mustard. The weeklies. The weekly catch. Yeah, the weeklies. The the B rad, the ketchupians, the ketchupians. No, nah, the weeklies is the best one so far. If you would like to be called something else, hit us let up it, on let Twitter. us know. Otherwise, it's the weeklies. Yeah, you're all weeklies to us. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to know anything else about your salvation or, or uh, you know, just just, uh, just, question, ask just questions in general. <laughs> Uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag. Oh, please don't hit us up on Twitter with that. No, no we could. I have investors Dude, following if, me. If I, I could do some research if I had some of these questions uh, 
questions beforehand. That, that's the crazy thing is that certain communities that I partake in on Twitter, I feel like if I posted anything about God, they'd be like, oh, this guy's an idiot. We're never going to fund him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, He's all in his feelings. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with feelings. Yeah, no. And that's a bad view, both from me and from those investors or Silicon Valley types. Yeah. Anyway, shout out Alicia. Shout out Gerald. Shout out to the fam. Going to join them in the mountains this weekend. Last minute unexpected. Woo-woo. Very right. excited about that. Uh, shout out to um, Dean and Uptown Girl. Um, you guys invite me to the sauna next time and definitely don't play any more Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. That's been sunset. We're not allowed to listen to Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> Ray J? No, who's the... Uh, uh, I believe I can fly. Oh, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah. Um, we Noah. can still listen to Ray J. Yeah, Ray J's all right. <laughs> He's got two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, shout out to uh, Jan and Kiki, my mom, uh, oh, your mom yeah. and my mom. Oh, wow. Dude, that Twitter thread went way deeper than I even knew about. Like, People <laughs> yeah. told me about the tweets. I hadn't been on all day. And then I only saw some of them. I didn't realize how deep the thread went between our moms. Yeah. Yeah, because you had called me and then uh, just to talk about the audio yeah. or something. I was like, hey, did you see your mom's tweet? And you checked it out. But I'm glad that you did end up calling her about your wreck um, and that it was just a mis- misunderstanding or that she didn't see that you had called. Yeah, it was just a misunderstanding. Uh, Verizon just has uh, misunderstandings with their cell network sometimes, it seems like. so. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, shout out all them. Shout out Park City's Ford for setting me straight. Yeah, that was a fiasco and a half, but we're on the way to recovery, and yeah, we'll definitely be sure to catch you weeklies up next week on the weekly catch up podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Carson C. Gibbons, Instagram, Carson Gibbons, and uh, the show is on Twitter as WKLY Catch Up Pod at Weekly Catch Up Pod, Weekly Catch Up All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hearing and listening to our weekly ramblings once more, and we can't wait to catch you up next week.